Welcome to this GemTrain Autism Guidance presentation. We believe in connecting loving parents with beautiful children through inspiring training content. We understand how it can feel to have these challenges. Sometimes you can end up feeling so alone and overwhelmed. We know you love your child and we want to support you and help you overcome the challenges of autism. This free content is our gift to you. Hello, I'm Emmalou Penrod. I've been a special education teacher for 23 years, and I believe in the power of education to change lives. I have a passion for seeing that every student has access to the best education for them, learning in their own modality, learning at their own rate. It's been my experience that a lot of parents are intimidated by the IEP process. And that's understandable. We're just talking about several hundred pages of law, federal law, uh, called the IDEA. And after Congress, members of Congress hammered that one out for years and came up with this weighty document, they sent it to the states saying, if you want our federal funding, this is what you're going to do. Well, the states took it and they added their own requirements and legislation and then sent it to the school districts and the school districts went through it and then they added some more and then they sent it to the schools so you're you 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 end up with this massive legal document presented to parents and even though parents are provided with their a, a little pamphlet outlining their rights as a parent of a child with special needs there's a lot of legal jargon in it, and it can be intimidating, I understand that. It usually begins with parents being notified that the teacher wants to evaluate their child. And this can be scary for a parent. What do you mean? You're gonna test him. What kind of a test? What are you gonna do? Get as much information as you need, but understand that this evaluation actually can provide some very useful information. It'll help you understand where your child's having a problem, what they need to do, and what will help them learn more effectively. So don't be afraid of that initial evaluation. It can't be given without your permission. They are required to review the results with you the whole law was written to make sure that as a parent, you're involved, that you have the chance to understand what education is being presented to your child, to provide your input. It's interesting, the law is lengthy and may be intimidating, but the general purpose is to protect you as a parent. I think they recognize you understand this child better than anyone else and they want you involved. So understand that you are part of the IEP team. Take a proactive role. You can even call a meeting. You don't have to wait for the school to contact you and say, we need to schedule our next IEP meeting. If you have a concern or an issue, you can call the school and say, we need to meet, we need to talk. So first of all, 
understand that the law is written to protect you. You are you you have rights under this law to be involved and understand every step of the process. Changes can't be made without your notification. This is different than a 504. And a 504 changes can be made to a plan without notifying you or without your agreement, but not with an IEP. Most important thing for parents to know. A 504 provides for accommodations based on any life-altering circumstance, such as a student who is visually impaired or deaf or confined to a wheelchair. And this just states the accommodations need to be made so they can access the curriculum. An IEP is much broader and goes in much greater detail. An IEP legally mandates that parents are involved in the process. IEP stands for Individual Education Plan. And the law, federal mandate, IDEA, requires that every student who's been identified as having a disability has their own unique plan addressed to meet their needs and to make allowances for their progress through the school system. If your child has recently been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum, you can contact your school and share that information with them. Part of the le part of IDEA is what is called child find, that the district is responsible to identify any students within their boundaries who has a disability or needs some type of specialized education. You can help them with child find by letting them know, my child has just been diagnosed. This is the information I have. And they will most likely begin with an evaluation, even though you may be sharing the evaluation you have had done privately. They will quite often, most commonly the Woodcock-Johnson probably also a test of cognitive ability, the WISC, or something like that. If you suspect your child has autism, is on the spectrum, or any special need, begin, contact the school. Part of the legal requirement under IDEA is a section called Child Find. And this states that the district is responsible for identifying any students within their boundaries with special needs. And you're helping the school do this if you initiate this contact. Sometimes the school will identify that there's a challenge or a problem and they'll contact the parents, but the parents can contact the school. So if you suspect this, if you have concerns, contact the school and watch their response. You want the best educational setting for your child? That means one where the administrators are responsive. You should be getting a response within a short period of time. Of course, they're busy with many tasks, but this is 
you should be getting a response. They should be initiating an evaluation to determine if your child qualifies for special ed services. You may be approached saying, we could start with the 504. A 504 has the advantage of being easier to initiate. And in many cases, a student starts out with a 504 and then later moves to an IEP. Whatever works best for your child, but do initiate contact immediately. And it could be something as simple as if the teacher is aware of your child's special needs, just a little additional support and your child is up there staying with the rest of the class. But if, it is, if he is indeed on the spectrum and struggling more than just a little additional support will allow, you'll want to get those services in place as soon as possible. So I would not wait for the school to contact you. Be proactive. This also sends the message that you're an involved parent and that you expect to play an active role in your child's education. Best way to support your child. Assuming we've established rapport, you've got a working relationship with everyone, you've volunteered, you have been respectful, then you state calmly, get your emotions under control, and state the facts. My child was kept in from recess this many times in the past time frame. This is the result it has on my child. This is how he feels about it. These are the changes in his behavior I have observed. I am, I am concerned about this. I'm con convinced this is not the best way to address his problem. Let's, as, assuming it has been identified what the problem is. He, maybe he um, yells at some of the other students in the class. Let's say he's been yelling at other students in the class. And then you ask, could we look at some alternatives? Could we look at where he's sitting? Who sits by him? Would it be better if he sat closer to the teacher? Would it be better if he sat with another group of students? Could we look at things that will motivate him to try harder in school? What I'm seeing with keeping him in from recess is now he hates going to school. Could we possibly look at some alternatives? And understand that you may not get exactly for example, another example is you go in there feeling like my child needs a one-on-one -on -one aid in math class. He, you need to hire an aid just to sit with my son and help him with his math so he can do well in school. And the school says, we don't have the funding for that. Be flexible. Say, well, the key thing is that my child gets support in math. If there isn't funding for a one-on-one -on -one aid, what about a peer tutor? Is there another child in the class who does really well in math that my child could work with? Or 
What about, if not the whole class time, could the teacher just stop by his desk more frequently? It helps to identify what the real problem is and then be flexible about how to solve that. And the best way to identify the root problem, the really, the thing that needs to be solved is when you have this team and you're providing input on what you observe as their parent, the teacher's providing input on what she observes observes in school. And you're putting all the pieces of those that puzzle, all the little pieces of that jigsaw puzzle are being put together and you get a clear picture of what needs to be done to support this child. That's how you get to these effective IEP meetings. So go in with an idea of what you want, communicate respectfully, be appreciative, point out everything that's going well, and you appreciate this adult who is helping you raise your child, and be flexible. We hope you're enjoying this GemTrain Autism Guidance presentation. We invite you to help this important effort continue by becoming a patron of GemTrain on Patreon. By joining, you will get access to new and exclusive content and get to offer your ideas for future content. You can find the link in the description or simply search for GemTrain on Patreon today. Now, while we're talking about behavior, and a lot of times... For children with autism, that's the main issue. It helps if teachers have more information. In the best of all possible worlds, they would be trained on working with children with autism. But that, doesn't, that isn't always the case. And remember, if you know one child with autism, you know one child with autism. So your job is going to be to educate them on your child with autism. And you are hopefully already working with a therapist or some other specialist who is helping you understand your child's, a coach or someone who is helping you understand your child's behavior and how to motivate him, how to get him to clean up his room go to bed on time, get ready for school in the morning. All of those things that you may be struggling with at home. And if you found things that work, for example, if your child does not like to be touched, please make sure you tell his teacher, their te your child's teacher. If you know your child does not like to be have attention drawn to them. They don't respond well when a teacher calls their name and says, Johnny, what's the answer? Let your teacher know this. Save your teacher a lot of, save your child's teacher a great deal of time and aggravation trying to figure this out on their own. Most teachers are dedicated to meeting the needs of every single student but it may take them some time to get that figured out for each student. So give them a head start. Maybe that paper you give them at the beginning of the school year at that back to school night could include, these are things my child responds well to. 
These are things that can trigger a meltdown. Be aware that of it might be better to have him sit by your desk or whatever you have found is the most effective way to work with your child. If you found something that really helps your child want to be compliant, communicate that to his teacher. And sometimes you're communicating with each other, teacher is sharing with you what they have observed, you're sharing with them. And there may be a persistent behavior. You see it at home, you see it at school, or maybe you just see it at school that you're both concerned about. And it will come up in the IEP meeting that your child's behavior impedes his education or the education of others. If he's having a major meltdown in class on a regular basis, that falls into this that category. So it you will need to write a behavior <coughs> intervention plan. Acronym is BIP. By the way, let me make a side note before I go in back into the behavior intervention plan. You will find in these IEP meetings that acronyms and educational jargon is just flown back and forth. These professionals, that's the way they talk all day long. Some of them are sensitive enough to realize that it's not familiar language to you and they will ask you, "Do you know what that means?" Do not hesitate to say no. You are not expected to understand every acronym or term that comes up in your child's IEP. We can provide you with a basic list of the most commonly used terms, but also be aware of the fact that some districts have their own acronyms. So do not ever hesitate to ask, I don't understand what that means. So a behavior intervention plan is written to motivate the child to improve. They can use incentives or they can use consequences. And it's effective. It works if you're using an incentive the child wants. For example, if you say every time Johnny stays in his seat, he gets a Tootsie Roll. And you know your child hates Tootsie Rolls, it's not going to work. So make sure that it is written in a way that is going to be effective for your child. The idea is to reward positive behavior and you also want to make sure it's not humiliating. It's not something that's going to hurt your child. It's it's one thing if your child makes a mess and you ask him to clean it up. It's another if he can't eat supper, if he's sent to bed without supper. And of course, legally they can't do that. They can't have him miss a meal or anything like that. But in the behavior intervention plan, it should identify a specific behavior and the desired behavior. <clears throat> For example, Every time it's time to line up to go out to recess, this child refuses to get in line. He doesn't want to stop what he's doing. First of all, determine does he need more transition time? Does your child need to be told 
10 minutes before it's time to go to recess that he needs to stop the activity he's working on. Just you have 10 more minutes to finish that. And then you have five more minutes, so that may help. But if it doesn't, we've identified this is the behavior we want, and this is the reward if he does. Every time he remembers to raise his hand before he talks, he's given five extra minutes of free time. It needs to be something you know your child wants, And keep in mind, too, that things change. Maybe right now, five more minutes of free time is really great, but maybe something changes and another in, and in six months it's no longer a big deal and offering him something else is going to be more effective. So make sure that that behavior intervention plan starts out with something that's going to motivate your child and then check it. And if he's already complying, I mean, you don't even need to give him five minutes of free time. He's already got the habit of raising his hand. Then it needs to be dropped or modified. Just make sure it's staying current. That's the most important thing to remember with the behavior intervention plan. Make sure it's worded so it benefits your child and make sure it's reviewed frequently so it's effective. I want to give you an example of why it's important to ask when you don't understand any terms that are used in your child's IEP. A mother recently told me of her dismay when her son, who up until this point had loved going to school, came home and said, I hate it. I hate it. And she said, what's wrong? I don't get to see my friends. I don't even get to go out to recess. I just am stuck in the same room all day with the same teacher. I hate it. And the mother had thought he was in a regular special or regular classroom like he had been all along. And she called the principal and said, "I never agreed to this. What's going on?" And he said, "Oh, but you did. In the IEP, we changed his placement to self-contained, and you agreed to it and signed it." And she said, "Maybe I agreed, but I didn't understand what does self-contained mean." And that's what it meant that he would no longer be in a regular ed classroom. He would be in a smaller classroom with the same teacher every day and not able to go out to recess with all of his friends. So if you hear a term, make sure you ask about it. Make sure you understand what it means. and think closely how will this impact my child is this going to be in the best interest of my child good thing to think about in this lesson you'll have the document that goes over the parts of an IEP the process in developing it and who is on the IEP team let me give you a brief overview For example, the IEP needs to identify what the student's disability is and needs to explain what their present level is. Where are they functioning right now? Are they reading at a third grade level? Then it needs to identify their strengths, what they do well, and needs to have 
a clearly defined goal that can be measured and it needs to report progress towards that goal. And you should be receiving some kind of a report on how your child is doing and progressing towards that goal. And also the support personnel who will be helping your child with that goal. It could be his math teacher or a speech therapist. Or they may even ask you to follow up with assignments at home. But who is involved in providing? It needs to outline any services that are being provided. And it needs to talk about their placement. A big issue here, and I forgot this one. I'm going to put it in right now, okay? A big issue here is inclusion. IDEA is written to allow all students to be included to the extent, to the maximum extent possible according to their disability. This came as a reaction to a time when students who were confined to a wheelchair were denied education because the school didn't have ramps or elevators. That, you can, you can understand how sad that is. So the law states that as much as possible, they're to be educated with their non-disabled peers. And that's the ideal. It may not always work that way. You may find that your child really does better in a setting with fewer students. I spent eight years working at a residential treatment facility for youth at risk. And for them, that was the best setting. But consider this, the more your child can interact with non-disabled peers, the better able, the better prepared they will be for adulthood, for mixing in with the rest of society. So as you're reviewing in this IEP to what extent your child will be included in the regular curriculum, consider can they at least take, be in the regular PE class? Can they, if, if it's determined that there are some classes that they need to be in a special ed classroom for. Again, the more you can get them in with their non-disabled peers and where they're behaving appropriately and flourishing and feeling comfortable, the better it is for them. I've seen some cases where a student started out in more of a self-contained setting, but then gradually moved to a greater inclusive setting. Keep in mind that long-term goal of life after high school. Your child's IEP will follow them after they graduate from high school. Now the IEP allows them a free and appropriate public education, acronym is FAPE. When you hear FAPE, that's what that means. It allows them a free and appropriate education until either they graduate from high school or their 22nd birthday. In some cases, you're a, child, a student may not be ready to leave the school system at 
you know, they may not have completed or learned everything that the IEP team feels they need to have learned to lead them to independent adulthood. But it goes with them as they go into college. Now, colleges are required to have services for students with special needs, and if that IEP was in place when they graduated, it goes with them to that university. And I had, recently I had a teacher tell me it made the difference in whether or not a student could pass a class. The student felt like, oh, I, I don't want people to know that I was in special ed, so I'm not going to tell them about my IEP, and they took a class and they failed it. And then they decided, maybe I will share this information. They took their IEP in, it was explained that they needed certain accommodations. The accommodations were put in, pla were put in place. They took the test again and they passed it. And also part of the IEP process, if your child's in high school, make sure you connect with the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation because they can start this tr seamless transition between high school and either trade school or college, whatever training your child wants after they finish high school. Transition services are, transition is a big part of all through special ed, as they transition from one grade to the next, from one school to the next, and from the public school system to the workplace or college, whatever they choose to do after high school. Always be looking ahead to that next step. I, I have a strong belief in the power of education to change lives. I know it's changed mine, and I have witnessed this miracle in so many other lives as well. A lot of how we feel about ourselves is based on how we interact with others and what we are able to achieve. When we understand our real worth, our potential, what we're able to achieve, and what we're able to give to others, we grow. You have productive members of society. And it matters deeply to me. It, it hurts my heart to think that a student was not allowed to grow simply because of un, 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 unfortunate circumstances. The teacher didn't understand their needs. They weren't given the opportunity to learn in their own style. And I am passionate about finding that education that works best. Each child learns differently. Each child needs to be taught in the way that works for them, that allows them to progress and learn. And there are many different ways to do that. For some children, the best solution is homeschool. For others, it's a charter school. For most, it's the local neighborhood school where parents are actively involved in overseeing their child's education. But 
to live in a society where everyone is recognized for the contributions they can make, regardless of how they look or what they're able to do, to me is priceless. And I have seen some of the greatest acts of charity and compassion in a special ed classroom with people who've been there and who know and who care. And that's the kind of world I want to live in. And that's the kind of world I want for my grandchildren. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation and that you feel our sincere desire to help you overcome the challenges of autism. We invite you to help this important effort continue by becoming a patron of GemTrain on Patreon today. By joining, you will get access to new and exclusive content and get to offer your ideas for future content. You can find the link in the description or simply search for GemTrain on Patreon. A better relationship is waiting and we're glad we can be a part of your success.